Sentire Media. for downloading our podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. Ciao, and I'm Ashley. I'm joined by Ash. Well, I guess she just introduced herself. <laughs> We're in the car, so I'm kind of discombobulated trying to set up equipment. I got a microphone strapped to my body. We are driving from our tiny town of Piobico, Italy, to Fano on the coast. About a 45-minute drive on the today, the 15th of January. A beautiful morning. It is... Partly cloudy with the sun coming up, highs in the low teens. Uh, that would be in the 40s, 50s for those of us on Fahrenheit. And it looks great. It is gorgeous. They said in the news that it was supposed to be an Arctic Siberian I think uh, chill they today. They were just jealous. They were I just think jealous. they were too. They, they're like, hey, everyone else is freezing. We should too. It is. They said it was supposed to be negative nine, negative ten, starting today horribly, and it's gorgeous. <laughs> so yes, we are in the car. We thought some of our favorite podcasts have been done from the car that we listen to, and we thought, well, you know what? Hot mics. Let's uh, let's let's fire up the mics in the car. Why not? I, I agree. We're always in the car anyway, for the most part, if we're not at home. So today we're heading out to Fano, to um, Vittorio, who's a good, well, has become our good friend and good friends with the Godster as well. And we talked about last week we're going um, how we got our date with Vittorio canceled because um, there were no pigs around the first of the year to uh, slaughter. Well, there was no slaughtered pigs, I should say, mm-hmm. to, um, to use their meat. For sausages. Sorry, I'm trying to negotiate a, something here. Go ahead and keep talking. No problem. Thanks, thanks so, for filling in. I, for, <laughs> I was trying not to interrupt you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> when you hear the dead air, you feel free to start talking. So, like Jason said, we're heading to um, Vittorio's. And we're going to make 50 kilos of salami and sausages today. This is just uh, round one of our huge salami and sausage making um, endeavor we do every winter. And this one is always not, I don't know, is it the most fun session that we do of making the salamis and sausages? Uh, the it's, first one with both of them? Yeah. yeah because um, it's, after you've made your 150th kilo, it's not nearly as no, fun No, you're like, all right, first... I, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Just so like we'll, tomato jarring. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably do this four or five different occasions um, over the next month. And um, this first one's always done with Vittorio, and we brought along lunch. I made a beautiful sugo last night. Um, really rich. Tons of bones. Oh, my gosh. There. It's a sugo della nona. What um, is sugo della... Well, it's what we call sugo della nona. Or sugo uh, di una volta. Sure. From, a, from another time. It's like the grandma sauce where you throw bones, and I threw porcini in there, and I threw ground veal, and um, what else? So you can throw chicken hearts, you can throw chicken livers, you can throw chicken stomachs in there. If I had the feet, um, I'd throw the feet in there. It just makes it richer. And uh, you just let it go really low and slow, and it always comes out delicious. It is. I couldn't stop. I, I got yelled at. <laughs> I couldn't stop dipping crackers and bread into it. And crackers, real trashy. <laughs> I was using, I was dig like, really dipping in, too. And I was like, hey, do we have enough sauce for me to have some uh, a little bit of sugo on the side? He was like, yeah, no problem. And about my 10th time back up there with a handful of crackers, he was like, get the hell out of here. It was good. And uh, you also made dessert. You're a good guy. 
Yeah, I mean, well, they are nice enough to spend the whole day helping us make, uh, helping us do this. So the least I can do is bring over lunch. Well, and Vittorio is so playful and fun and has a different relationship with Gaji. So it's kind of fun to see that dynamic also. I don't know. So we'll, um, we'll break this podcast up into a couple of parts and we'll yeah. leave a little bit at the end for uh, if there was any good stories that came out of this. But um, the 15th of January, I can't believe how fast uh, our off-season is going. And uh, we've been getting stuff done, knocking stuff out. All the things that I didn't want to do, I've done. Like, uh, we're do- back into language lessons. So, uh, Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. This, this is so cool. I love technology. So the reason, um, not the, well, one of the reasons why we've put off starting up our language lessons is one I was scared to know how bad my Italian really Mm, got mm -hmm. and number two in the off season I'm inherently lazy and I don't want to leave the house seriously and if anything's scheduled after 4 30 it's like oh man really can't we go and do this early it starts getting dark and cold and and yeah there's a real it's also, we start using the weather as an excuse. Normally, it's cold or snow. We have so plenty of plenty of excuses. Excuses are not the problem. We have plenty of those. Going to the class or actually following through, and we really haven't found anyone that we really liked. It was a lot of um, people who would, you know, start explaining to us. Um, Really basic Italian things, but in full-blown fast Italian. So it's like it obviously we don't we don't need to start off at ill and la and you know those really basic basic first day articles. When, yeah. when then she just is like so anyway after class. So what's going on? How are you doing? How long have you been living here? Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, uh, uh, <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> so we've started doing um, online live cooking classes. Wait, wait, but did we say how we're doing these ones with Skype? I'm trying to oh, get to Oh, sorry. That. I thought you were moving on. <laughs> we've been doing online live cooking classes um, via the internet. Um, and we thought, well, I thought, why wouldn't there be online live um, language lessons? And sure enough, you go to Skype, just type it in. If you're interested in taking a language lesson from your home via Skype or some other kind of platform, just type it in. Learn to learn um, Italian or learn French or learn German online uh, on Skype or um, uh, one-on-one. Great. It's awesome. Because you can set your times to work out. Obviously, I mean, I don't have to sell anyone on this, but it's just, um, I don't know, it's incredibly convenient and... It makes us really excited. And you can do it then three times a week. You don't have to worry about driving anywhere, commute, Nothing. cost of gas. Um, so we we uh, found someone we really, really liked. We had a little uh, introductory, like, half hour just chat. We didn't even really um, talk much about language. And then um, we've done it three days a week. And thank God my Italian is bad, but it's not as horrible as I thought it was. Like, it's just all these things that... I got lazy or forgot about or mm-hmm. no one corrected us on and, so, and it's like, oh yeah, it is like that. Or um, just got us back into studying vo- new vocabulary. Exactly. Or watching more films or watching Rye. Uh, which is- <laughs> but it's hysterical because our instructor is definitely opinionated. So I'll say, oh, I was going to watch this movie or we were listening to this song and he's like, I hate that communist. And it's just so funny. It's but he's also great because he tells us um, some of the cultural aspects of things. Oh, via Carducci. Okay, who's Carducci? This and that, or the Latin roots. I like it. It's more than just uh, a worksheet, that's for sure. Well, my guy is a uh, linguistics um, 
masters. He's going for his, I don't know, something. Guy speaks like God only knows. He's said five languages, but I know he speaks others. And he's telling us, like, this is what I love. He's telling us the why, not just here's here's how you speak it, the why. So, he, for instance, like, look, the root of this is buried in Germ- or um, Latin and Greek. We get this from the Greek and this from the Latin and... It, so it really, it's like, oh, okay, I, I get Well, because it whenever we've asked why to any other teacher, they've said, because that's the way it is. <laughs> or that's a, or it sounds better. Or that's, so it definitely uh, enhances the class a bit, I think, like you're saying. So I'm really pumped up about that. Um, we've, we scheduled a few meetings that we didn't want, that we've been putting off scheduling. So that's good facing your, facing our, uh, not just burying our head in the sand. I'm very proud of myself for that this week. Other well, than that, I, should we keep on patting ourselves on the back, or is there anything? Well, no. I was going to say that. Speaking of things that you have to do, the driver's license is something you've been talking about. And um, since we're in the car, why don't we give a little unofficial, official Italian driver's lessons? Uh, how you like to, dr- how people actually drive. So you grew up in California. We lived in New York. You've driven. Both of those places in New York, you have to commit and just go. So I'm sure that helps driving here. Can you offer any tips for the more um, aggressive or eager driver who's coming to Italy? I know some people, listen, if you get nervous and you don't want to be driving stick or normally you drive on the other side of the road, stay to the right. People will pass. Don't worry. Get over. You're on vacation. Take your time. But for those who want to haul a little ass, how do you drive in Italy like an Italian, um, in your opinion? <laughs> well, Italians don't, uh, I think, in general, Ital- Europeans, except for a few countries, are better, <laughs> in the north. Are better drivers than, than Americans. Americans will stay in the left lane and do, you know, their 60 miles an hour. That is dangerous here because the speeds are so different. Um, if you want to haul ass... Stay in the uh, on the autostrada. Let's say um, you would stay in the left lane. You can put your left blinker on, and that means to cars. I'm going fast. It means move it or lose it. Move it or lose it. You can also use the high beam, the headlights, the high beams. Little quick flash. People know to get out of the way. If you're not going to be keeping up with that left lane traffic, you must stay over. You don't ride the left lane unless you are passing. Or really hauling butt. Because it's actually dangerous for the other drivers as well. Absolutely. Not also in Italy, I find they don't do as many unnecessary lane changes. Correct. Stay in your lane. Um, if you don't, in, in on the inverse, if you don't want to go fast, just stay in the right lane. And that goes true for. Um, on the road, on the uh, the roads in between the little towns, and on the autostrada, it's, they will not. People will pass you. They won't be very aggressive about it, and it's just don't get upset if people pass you. Just let them go by. What about um, driving in the middle of the road? Or oh yeah, it's totally acceptable <laughs> if there's no one around you um, to Especially drive at night. Yeah, to drive in the middle of the road or drive in both of the lanes of your direction. So for instance, I'm in a tunnel right now and it's totally cool for me to split that white, there's two lanes for this tunnel. It's totally fine for me to split the white line down the middle. It's just something that they do. Um, Also curves, Italians cut the corners. So if you're turning left, let's say, they'll dip their wheels a little bit into your on Yeah, they will. Because they're expecting you to dip your wheels <laughs> right on the apex of that turn to st- keep your wheels 
right on that right, white line. And I think it's because motor race, motorsports are so big here that everyone thinks they're a goddamn Formula One driver. <laughs> Including you. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter I'm driving a 6,000-year-old piece of crap Hyundai. It, uh, I think I'm driving the Formula One, and I'm going to take the apex of the corner. Ooh, um, on a quick little side note, we just came through a long tunnel that separates the... Um, kind of the Fossombrone and Fermignano divide between halfway Mentauro Valley. the Mentauro Valley. And on our side of the tunnel, woo, gorgeous sunrise, clear skies coming in. We just came through heading towards the sea and Thick fog. full fog. Wow. Wow. Big, big difference. So Such a big difference, I had to mention it. Well, you were talking to... Um, <laughs> Our friend Denise, and she lives in Umbria, and we were talking about how yeah. nice the weather was, and she's like, what are you talking about? She's are you kidding? And she's not really a sarcastic person, and I thought, oh, wow, oh, okay. And then she was like, no, seriously, are you kidding? Because it's been horrible, and it's been so foggy, and this has got to be, it's because we were so much higher. Yeah, it's it's nicer. We're in, in fog here. That's weird. It is weird. Um, I'm trying to think about other driving things. Yeah. Also, um, drivers communicate with each other way better. The, uh, the the flashing your high beams to the oncoming traffic is um, alive and well to let people know that heads up, the police are around. Also, throwing your hazard lights on if there's stop traffic. So if you come up to stop traffic and you're on the freeway or doing a going fast. Um, you throw your hazard lights on, and that lets everyone know, hey, there's stop traffic. Please don't plow into the rear of me. And it works so well because you can see those hazard lights from, or your emergency, what do you call them? I call them hazard lights. Emergency lights? Yeah, I, I call them four ways. Four ways, fine. <laughs> you can see those from quite a few hundred meters away, so... That's another good one that they do. It is, and I realize here, too, people are much more aware of... Um, kind of the oncoming traffic of a, uh, whether it be a roundabout, but also the um, on-ramps for the freeway. You really see, since most of these are kind of two-lane expressways, if you will, that when people are getting on, everyone just naturally moves over to the left. So the people merging on have the lane behind them free. And it just seems to be a bit more aware than um, the driving that I was used to. Now, obviously, we live out in the middle of nowhere, and we don't live in a big city, Rome, Milan, Bologna, so our driving experiences, I get really upset when I get stopped at the one traffic light in Urbania. Um, My hand touched something on this. I see that we're still recording, and I see your levels, but there's some weird pictures. Yeah, I don't know what you touched. I don't either. <laughs> um, and you like to check out the gas stations along the road for prices and things. Um, Why would you pay more money for the exact same thing? Gas is gas is gas, no? I don't know. Yeah, so I just go get it. Oh, my God. That drives me insane. <laughs> There's nothing that makes me happier than to get cheap gas. I love that. That's, I know it. I love it. In fact, we needed. We were on E, e in Piobico when we left. I only got 20 euros because I know we're going to be on the coast where the cheap gas is. Oh, oh my God. happy day. Oh, happy day. Well, we are almost to... Um we're in Fossombrone right now, actually. Yeah, the, the uh, sky's cleared and we're back. Do you have any other things? Because no one wants a step-by-step. Uh... No, I know. Um, I was just thinking, yeah, we can wrap it up right now and we'll come back after we've made salamis and sausages. All right, let's do it. All right. 
All right, we're back for part two. Part two is taking place on day two. Part two, day two. So today's the 16th of January. We split this in. We got we got home from sausage making, sausage and salami making a little late last night, yeah? Yes. Technically, this would be our longest podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> we got up early. So we got up early this morning. Again. It's 7, 7.30 in the morning. A beautiful red sky. Coming Ooh. out. Sailor's uh, warning or sailor's delight? Sailor's warning. Oh. Red sky. Uh, beautiful red sky in the east. It's like magical red. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's kind of changed a little bit in the last couple of minutes. But anyway, uh, lots to talk about from yesterday. Uh, yes. Um, as advertised. Let's just say. They, they, they don't disappoint. Do, they don't Those do two do not disappoint. <laughs> if you're curious what the sausage and salami making with Gaji and Vittorio was like. Watch the video on YouTube. I think it's titled Two Italians Make Salami and Sausages or something. And That's it's on not our the title at all. Hold it's on. on our YouTube page. I mean, and um it doesn't disappoint because like we said, five years into doing this, they argue about the same thing every I mean it is now it's just absolutely comical. And I was saying to Jason A short I'm sorry, I don't want to be oh, yeah, a short right. lesson in Italian salami and sausage making is what the name of it is. <laughs> There's no reason to take any more video footage because it is what it is. It's almost just taking the audio because the way they go and snip and nip at each other back and forth, yet it's all playful. And Vittorio seems to be the only guy that we've seen with Gaji that flips some shit. Yeah. And in yeah. this endearing way that Gaji takes it, yet Gaji knows he's the maestro, the master at making this. So he doesn't question him yeah or get frustrated but you realized yesterday why gaji doesn't uh want you to make salamis at home the reason why gaji thinks that we cannot make salamis and sausages by ourselves at home is because he can't do it no he He has two left hands when it comes to trying to fill the casings and he can't do it 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 takes him um it takes him four years to tie so when you put the salamis in once you fill the casings for the salamis they're big you put them in the net this netting you've seen this netting on the outside of salamis before i'll post a picture you put them into like a piece of pvc pipe that is slightly larger than with the netting that's pulled over the top of the 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 pipe and then you just kind of shake it and the salami will fall into the netting after that you have to tie it at the top and then tie it about uh, three or four centimeters, couple of inches higher for the next salami that's going to come through. So you basically have to take a piece of string and make two knots through this netting. Takes that guy forever. Fifteen minutes. How to do about one. how about doing the uh, <laughs> sausages when, at the end when Vittorio was twisting? You're doing the grind and we're pulling, filling the we're yes. filling the sausages now. So in salamis we did first, sausages we did second. Oh, I should preface, preface this by this sausages happen post lunch, which means Gaji is now both semi buzzed slash ready for a nap, a little punch drunk, and not punch not drunk, punch alcohol drunk. drunk. But, yeah, <laughs> he's the only one who wanted a digestivo after lunch. Was, uh, you went out. You went to go to the bathroom. He poured us all shots of rum. Victoria didn't have any grappa or uh, scotch because Gaji likes the scotch. So he's taking, trying to get everyone to drink rum. Yes. Hysterical. That's alcoholism. That is. Now that's alcohol abuse. So as you guys are trying to fill the sausages. sausages, I'm on the crank with the sausage, with the stuffer, the um, insacatrice, the big tube that you fill with the meat and then it has a nipple on the end that you put the casings over. 
and Gaji's trying to perfect his technique. The technique is to let just slightly pull on the casings and let the force from the meat coming out of the stuffer fill it and pull it at a at a constant rate. And and you when you're doing it with someone um, as a team like this, you you get down your groove. So you had been doing it with Vittorio, and you start to know the pace to crank and what feels right and what's smooth. And then Gaji steps. <laughs> Gaji steps in. <laughs> so what she kind of what I kind of do is match the kind of look and i matched my um speed of turning the crank to push the meat out with the 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 speed of him pulling it so we have to kind of work together with victorio he tells me just go in a nice nice clip a nice even clip and he just it's done in one two three. it's done in one two three like the most seamless like a guy who's done something you know like someone who knows how to how to do a task it just make, he makes it look at first and then the doctor steps in let me get in here so <laughs> vittorio tells him all right jason's gonna start cranking all you do is you pull gently and let the thing fill itself and it just goes one two three well god you can't get it he's telling me to slow down my crank um, he's Victoria, pulling the casing in weird spots. He's he's he, he's putting too much pressure on the casing on the nipple, so it won't slide off as the meat fills. I hope this is this. Is, I hope I'm describing this. Properly. You are to me. You are okay. <laughs> um, so Victoria's yelling at me to start cranking faster and for Gaji to start pulling. Gaji's yelling at me to slow down it and was... yelling at Vittorio that he knows what he's doing. It was hysterical. Gaji's going piano, 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 slowly, slowly, and uh, Vittorio's going, pull, pull, pull! Tira, Tira, Tira! Tira! Jira! Uh, Jira and Tira. Turn it, Jira, turn, turn it, it, and pull it. <laughs> it's just... And I'm standing there watching going, oh my god, this is comic relief these two guys and poor jason and luckily he th- sometimes i think if he if i'm not there too who does he have to look at to go oh my god <laughs> but vittorio gives you the great eyes back to going oh, okay vittorio likes to kind of screw with gaji sometimes and he'll say things like oh it's because your hands are too delicate because you're a doctor yeah we started making fun <laughs> of the we we each put our me and vittorio put our hands up against each other and my left index fingers gnarled from where i try to cut it off and oh he's got sausage fingers too he's got work he's got hands. and then we had the doctor put his hands up the doctor has soft hands manicured fingernails do you think gaji gets his fingernail his uh fingers manicured i don't think he does but he does have perfect he's so funny he is (laughs) so that was great and it was uh par for the course um Yesterday we ran out of the Budeli to um, Budeli. I'm sorry, I'm talking the casing. You guys don't even know about casings for the salami, so we had to run to the Matatoyo or the slaughterhouse to go get one, uh, get more. And um, these are fresh, fresh. And the um, slaughterhouses, there's slaughterhouses all over the place around here. Um, the one we went to yesterday was a pig slaughterhouse, and we have one in uh, outside of Arbanya that's for um, cows. Mm-hmm. The one uh, walking into this place, I've only been to small slaughterhouses where, like, um, like our friends who live outside of Urbino and they have like seventy pigs and they have a little slaughter room where they'll kill kill one or two pigs at a time. So this is my first foray into. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. It, yeah, most of them have just been home. Uh operations this is my first foray into like an industrial or a commercial slaughterhouse um i walked in and the room was a good size room like what you would think for like a um 
I don't know. It was, you know, you walk in, it was good size. There was about 25 people in there, 15 people actually with knives in their hands cutting up um, pigs, and 10 people walking around with uh, belts with meat hooks on them. And as the uh, butchers would cut the different pieces off, the assistants would come over and grab it with the meat hook and put it onto a different rack. You know, um, all the prosciuttos over here, all the guanciale over there, all the pancettas over here. So one guy's just cutting the pancettas Two guys, off. two guys. Two so guys what just... happens is halves of, they killed the, they, they kill the pigs one day and let them drain out and they butcher them the next. So they work six days a week. So three days a week, they're butcher, they're slaughtering three days a week. They're butchering. And then the cows come in on those tracks you were saying on the, the ceiling. It a, makes me think of Beetlejuice. There's a, <laughs> there's a track on the ceiling that the halves have a half hogs come in from behind. I don't know. I didn't get to see that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Maybe you didn't want to. No, I mean, it's, it's probably just a big room with drains on the floor. That's true. Um, and they come in on these racks, uh, these um, uh, tracks on the ceiling, and they get, and you know, they, these guys work in teams. There's, they're opposite each other on a on a t- in a, on a table. They lay the pig, half a pig, in between them, and the guy working on the belly side will start cutting the pancetta away. The guy on the other side of the table will start on the head or whatever. So they work in teams, butchering down the pigs as the assistants come over and after they butcher, take the pieces away. Um, one thing I, they do about. 40 to 50 pigs a day. Uh, uh, a day. Wow. So depending on what. So like, for instance, yesterday was Wednesday. So they, uh, let's see, they killed, uh, they did, didn't work Monday. So it was Tuesday they killed. Wednesday they they butchered. So um, uh, they do about 40, I guess 40, 50 pigs every two days is what they're butchering and, and slaughtering and butchering. Um, the first thing I know, so it's not a giant industrial operation they're not killing thousands and thousands of pigs a day so no i can't imagine what that would be first thing i noticed was how there was no smell it is because you came back and you were like oh my god there was no like it didn't smell smell. like death it didn't smell like blood it didn't it had no smell second thing i noticed was how clean everything was everyone and everything was super clean the floor was clean you didn't see guys with smocks full of blood or anything Italians Um, are really meticulous about that too yeah um third thing I noticed was um how the the operation went in the fact that they weren't taking um it wasn't like just these people with these hogs like hanging and as the assembly line goes through they're just taking pieces off of the off of the um the animal and letting it go down the assembly line. They were butchering the same way that Carlo butchers went, you know, his Cintasanese pigs one at a time. They were butchering in the old school, you know, by hand. Everyone had a knife. Nobody had like, um, oh, actually there was, there's, a, they have these, uh, the, the coolest cool. thing that I saw was on these pulleys above each two man team is a saw and these weird, like, pneumatic scissors uh, hung from the ceiling with on a pulley. So when you need to cut the ribs away from the um, loin, let's say, all you do is reach up and grab this <laughs> saw, which is perfectly weighted so that all you have to do is grab it, hit the button, and let it go. And it flies back above their heads again. That is so cool. Which was super cool. I know. You were like, what do I need on a pulley above my head? Because I want to get one of those things. <laughs> But it is interesting to then think that it's not hacked apart in a much more industrial way, that it's still every cut is done for a certain reason like before, and that it seems like they don't waste any energy on unnecessary movement, these guys. 
No, it like wasn't a, choreographed. It, it was like everyone was doing their thing. I was really um, sh- – I was just shocked that a um, industrial or commercial um, slaughterhouse was butchering the pigs the same way Carla does, taking the same care, scraping all the meat off the bones. Put mm. you know, They sell everything. They sell the skin. They sell the bones. They sell the – um, innards, you know, they sell the offal and all that stuff. So they're taking the offal, they're taking the um, heart and the lungs and the um, cavity, yeah, all the stuff in one piece because that's what they do here. They hang it all up, they keep it all together, and they hang it in one piece, doing yep. the same exact thing. So it was really cool to see a commercial operation done just like the artisanal way. And that I don't cool. know how much more you can scale. You know, fifty pigs. Yeah. Fifty pigs. You know, what are they talking? They kill three times a week. So you're talking 150, maybe 200 pigs a week. So how was their cost of meat? Uh, their cost of meat obviously was less than Carlo, but he's not. But they're not raising. They're not killing Chintasinese. So what they do is they, the farmers will come to this slaughterhouse place and say, "All right, uh, you can either pay them to uh, slaughter the meat for you, and then they'll just give you your hogs back." Because I think I'm not exactly sure. I'm not a farmer or pig farmer, but I believe there's you can only slaughter so many pigs at your house before it's like, all right, you have to do this somewhere else. Okay. Um, so the so like a person like Carlo, if he didn't want to kill the pigs himself, could put them on a truck, take them to the mat- matatoyo, and the, they'll kill them and just give them back for fee. Which is essentially what the Mokis do with their cows. Uh, I believe so, but the, I, I don't know. Sorry, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, or you can sell the pigs to the Matatoyo, and then the, then they resell them to butcher shops. That's and what I meant. Yes. Whatever. Okay. Um, so you, the farmer doesn't have to then find a seller for his meat. The the Matatoyo takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just interesting. I thought it was. I've never been to a slaughterhouse like that before, and it was interesting to see how you can do a commercial operation and still have it in the artisanal way and. I would eat off the floor in that place. I mean, it was absolutely wonderful. I That's really find, cool. I want to find one of those around us, mm-hmm. around where we are. Um, I'm sure there is one. And the butchers I get my stuff for are small, small butchers. I think they're killing the pigs themselves. Well, it's then was a lucky mistake that we ran out of the casings. Which, by the way, why were what was all the talk? Um, I wasn't. I was trying to futz with the camera and stuff. What was the talk about the type of casings that they got this time that made them so much specialer, m- much specialer, m- much more special? Sorry, it took us three times to say that. Well, the casings we got this time were normally all we get is the large intestine or small intestine. The large intestine is for the salamis. Small intestine is for the um, uh, sausages packed under salt. Mm-hmm. You must wash it, wash it, wash it. Flip them inside out, wash it, wash it. Rinse it in wine, wash it, wash it. Get that stink and that salt off. The reason why the ones we got this time were pre-washed and pre-tied. So oh, they tie right, a tie little string at the bottom, which is oh my a ton of work. I mean, I know it sounds easy to just cut you know lengths, what you think a salami is, and then just wash the, the casing and then tie but... It surprisingly takes forever. And they're slippery as snot. Like, it's they're not slippery. <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. One person has to hold the thing while the other ties it at the top. Um, and these are expensive. They're like <laughs> a Euro 30. Okay, each. because we ran out when you guys were at 24 salamis. And I remember exactly because I was there with Gaji as he's finishing tying up the rest of his, like, seven salamis that took him almost an hour to tie off. <laughs> and... 
he kept going, did you count right? Did you count right? There should be at least 25 salamis if we've run out. We bought X amount of casings. There should have been for enough for 25, even with a mistake. They charged just for that. And I was like, how much even were they? We're still talking cents, but Gaji could not get over it. I don't know. Well, each those one of those do. casings that are pre-tied and pre-done are a euro 30. So he was talking he was he was all up in arms for about three euro of possibly being overcharged. Yeah, they're old Italian guys. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Why don't you take a pound of flesh? Well, and then even like we said, he, the counting for the salt and the weight and everything, and then at the end he has to reweigh everything. Oh my god, this was it's this hysterical was awesome. because first of all, Gaji is like family to us. We help each other out. He helps us out tremendously. All of the salamis and sausages we made come back to our house to be cured over the winter. Then at the end, we take him down, give Gaji his share, whatever. Well, this time, everything needed to be weighed out. And in he fact, was, it happens every year. But well, Yesterday, we made 50 kilo. He wanted... And the, Gaji only needs a little bit for him and his family. So him and his wife and whoever he wants to give it to. So I was like, fine. Out of this 50 kilo, you take half and I'll take half. I'll take 25 kilo, you know, 12 and a half kilo of sausages and salamis. You take the other 12 and a half. Whatever. Great. Well, Gachi must weigh everything at the end. We already weighed all the meat before to make the salamis and sausages because you have to have the right ratio. Then at the end, he wants to re-weigh everything. And we're talking about like, well, this is, you know, 12 uh, kilo eight. And uh, this one's 12 kilo four. Oh, oh get some more sausage. I don't give a shit about 300 grams. Have the stupid sausage. We are forever indebted to you. I don't know why you think that we're going to feel like you're screwing us over out of 300 grams of salami. I don't know. It it's just cracks me up. And then also as we leave, then there's always the conto of the meat, which is another debacle. Oh, my God. Of another, you know, 30 cents here or, wait, you paid for the budelli this time, which was 10 euro. And Jason's always like, whatever, just tell me whatever you want it to be. But every year also, it is very important. And the, the Gachi and Vittorio are very serious. You must take this receipt because well, as, as we on. talked before you okay, get to okay. there. <laughs> before you get to there, the the cost of everything let's say was 250 euro. Why can't we just add up all the things you buy, <laughs> divide it by 50 kilo and that is the price per kilo that we okay, it's 50 kilo, it's you know, it comes out to whatever. 3 euro a kilo. All right, I've got 1250, I've got 12 and a half kilo, you have 12 and a half kilo. 12 times three and a half, or 12 and a half times three. There you go. No, 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 no. <laughs> he has to wait. Like, they make this the most confusing oh my God. thing. I like, I couldn't follow after I know. that. I was like, I have no idea. I have, here's money. You guys take however much money you think it needs to be. And I'll just take the sausages and leave. It, it, he, then he did the number like three times. We gave him cash and he goes, oh, it doesn't add up still. And we were like, whatever, whatever. Oh my this is God. a doctor, mind you. This is I a person who's gone to, <laughs> gone to school for like 15 years and he's sitting there with a calculator and a receipt with a dumbfounded look oh on God, his face. It it, it, this, I almost pissed my pants. These, are, awesome. these, are, these things, these highlights happen every time. And we're going back next week. So that's part of why I keep laughing almost to tears. This going. is six years they've been doing. Oh, I know. Every <laughs> time at the end we sit at the table after we're done, have a coffee, and they try to figure out this, this thing forever. It's ridiculous. It is. And Vittorio is like, I don't want involved. And then we always feel like we should give Vittorio something for all of his time and work, too. 
But the so we get the conto at the end, and I thought it was pretty funny because I asked for a sense of Futura or if there was a sconto if I paid in cash. <laughs> Ashley asked for a – she doesn't want a fiscal receipt, and she wants a discount because she's paying in cash, and supposedly no one's going to report the income. I got big laughs, big laughs. But um, the what's not laughing business, folks, we were talking about driving earlier in this podcast and um, having a lot of fun with that conversation, but this is serious. It's not safe to transport hundreds of kilos of meat or hundreds of liters of wine or olive oil without a receipt. Now, (laughs) in a country like Italy where you can sell meat and cheese without a label, it's also really funny (laughs) that you cannot transport raw meat like this. I have no idea. They constantly talk about control. I've never seen meat control on the side of the road. Uh, The... the, um finance police they'll pull you over and if they see a bunch of if they see a hundred kilos of meat in the back of your True. car they're going to want to see a receipt which is hysterical it is hysterical me. because you, you could have uh you know a warrant or so uh, who knows it's just it's so funny and on a side note with that jason um when he's gotten pulled over with and pulls out an american driver's license it's always like oh the big apple I'm t- well that's part of the reason why i don't want to get an italian driver's license is every time i've get an ever italian been would just keep that one every time i've been pulled over and i show them my american passport and my american driver's license it's never about anything about the car or driving it's always about america so oh new york it's like my get out of jail free totally. distracted don't worry about the hooker in the trunk no. check out my <laughs> Check out my Italian, my American driver's license. It says Brooklyn on it, it right there. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh. oh my gosh! So we got home safe and sound, and hung up our meat. It is uh, round one is complete. When do you think you're going back? Uh, next week. We're going to definitely go back next week and do another um, fifty pound, fifty kilos or so. So that is sausages and salamis. First, first batch done. 2014 they are all hanging in apartment number th- if you stayed with us and you know apartment three or chiliege uh first floor or our uh, first yeah first floor or second floor depending <laughs> on where you're from uh left hand side uh maybe if you're a vegetarian and you stay with us or haven't stayed with us and you're going to maybe you don't want to stay in that room or maybe you want to request it for meaty dreams. There I like to no, tell people. I don't think you'll have any. There'll be no meaty smells. No, no. But comes. I would request the room just to know that this is where the salami is hung. This is the room where meat has been hanging. It cures in here. Uh, coming up this week, we have at the end of this week on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This Sunday, the 19th of January will be our, let's see, fourth? Third. Third. Live cooking class from Italy. Uh, there's two time slots. Check your local listings or uh, our local <laughs> listing. Check our the, blog. The time or... slots are at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Eastern. So uh, why would you 1 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. You, yeah, you don't want to say the later one first and then oh. the earlier one. Sorry, sorry. 1 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Eastern. Yes, and then look That'd it up. Be 10 o'clock Pacific or 1 o'clock Pacific. Yep. And uh, this week, we're in stiff competition. I, listen, I, I apologize. I, I know. I know, <laughs> I know it's football. This. I believe you, me. I know it's football. Um, we I just wanted to get out of the gate rocking and rolling and try to do a few of these. It just so happens that we started this uh, series 
during playoff football. <laughs> it's probably right the most the, inopportune right time to start cooking on Sundays. Right as the regular season ends and the playoffs begin, Jason decides that he Genius wants- idea. Genius. <laughs> Genius. Well, we'll do one this week. We'll do one next week when there's the pause between the, uh, the championship and the Super Bowl. We'll take the Super Bowl off because I don't even want to. I, I know the. No, the Seahawks have to get ready. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll start again. We'll do these about three, I would say three, two to three times a month, usually on Sundays. I think Sundays is the best day for everyone to kind of uh, get get in the in kitchen. In the kitchen, yeah. Um, and we'll go from there. But this Sunday we are doing fish in the salt crust. If you have a um, fear of doing fish or don't know how to do cook a whole fish or whatever, this is the class for you. And we're also going to do roasted butternut, a roasted butternut squash salad, like a warm salad. And even if you're not into those into fish or roasted butternut squash, these classes really are more about the techniques that I'm using than the actual dishes. The techniques that I'm going to show you can be applied to almost any dish, rather than just say just thinking of it as oh i don't really like what he's making it's it's you're missing the point mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the roasted butternut squash it's how to roast something or uh-huh. how the, what's going on how we're putting the flavors together of this dish and that's the mo- important thing not the actual recipe itself uh, yeah a lot of people i think we mentioned this before it said oh it depends on the recipes that you're doing and like you said you're missing the point it's the techniques is much more important than the just like last week when we did the potatoes and cabbage mash and people went crazy people are still emailing me about it and it's one of those funny things where you think why would he teach mashed potatoes because it's so much more than that and if you do those small steps uh it makes a huge difference well, we've we've added a new camera, so we'll have a two-camera shot. We've been doing technical practice yep. this whole week. Um, we've been working on our getting our sound together. Getting we still our... have audio problems for some reason back and forth. No, we were okay. okay. I think it was just – I think it was – we put my retarded brother and Craig as our test subject. So you got to take it from where the test subjects are coming from. Um but we got we're getting our act together and hopefully you'll get your act together and email Ashley and get on the list. They're five dollars, so very, very nominal, very modest fee. And you'll I guarantee you you will learn at way more than five bucks worth of knowledge. Oh, is there a money back guarantee? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> my water didn't boil um <laughs> so that is what's going on this week um i finished up also our video um that we shot i guess actually like a week ago for bafana and we had posted a 30 second quick video of it and the kind of full length um video full length meaning two minutes and 30 seconds is up and it's a little man on the street action jason um interviewing some locals on who bafana is what she brings and uh if she brought anything good to the people who we were talking to on the streets and uh it's really fun there's everyone from an old lady grandma to teenagers and a little kid and even the local police officer is in the video. So we've got some nice locals from Urbana, some great food shots, and um, check it out. It's um, I Love Festa della Bafana, and you can find it on YouTube, and I'll post it on Vimeo this week as well. Speaking of posting stuff, yeah. we've been getting into mm. a big debate about Facebook. Mm, that mm. sounds good. We've been getting into a big debate about Facebook this week because Facebook's pulling tomfoolery. And I know a lot of you probably listen to us or find us or do something with Facebook. It seems like that's the most um, uh, widespread between all ages type social media. 
um, Facebook's doing a little bit of tomfoolery in the sense that if you click on a page that you like or a page that you want to receive updates from, you will not receive, necessarily receive updates from that page unless they're paying for it. So, for instance, we don't see about uh, about 75% That's of, the average. of the average, about 75% of the people who click like or click receive updates from this page do not receive the updates. Facebook, since it's gone public, wants they need to make money. They want you to pay, which I understand. We are a business. We use Facebook as a marketing tool, and it we should have to pay for that. Absolutely. However, we have tried to do paid posts in the past and it's not getting to the people we wanted to get to. Um, there's a lot of uh, like these bots. I don't even know. These like computer programs that – so say you pay Facebook $10 to get the – to increase your views. They'll say, okay, we will send it out to 5,000 people. Well – 4,000 of those can be fake accounts. They're not necessarily saying we're going to get it to 5,000 people that would be interested in what you are putting out there. Not only to mention, if you're a Facebook user and you want to see what we are putting out and you click like or click show me the updates from this page, why aren't you getting the updates from the page? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh... – I know I used the word before, shady stuff going on. And there's also, there was a guy who just recently is suing Facebook, I think, for that he didn't like uh, the New York Times or something like that. And it put that he did. And he's now suing them for saying his name, like that he liked it, the page. Whatever. It's getting a bit out of control. So we're trying to get a bit more into Google Plus, uh, more into Tumblr. I started an Instagram page finally. Um, <laughs> so, woo, I feel like I'm uh, finally getting on the scene with Instagram. So we're trying to diversify a bit of some of that social media. I look forward to see what is coming next. I think over the next six months, we should start pulling out of Facebook a little bit. So if you're not seeing us on Facebook and you clicked that you liked us or it's like, where where have my favorite posts from whoever, whatever it is. Um, chances are you're not seeing it because Facebook is just starting to do a bunch of crap. They don't, I don't know. They're going to, it's going to, they're going to kill themselves. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be it said something the beginning like of that, the end. Like we have 3000 likes, for example. And so if only 75% or so are even getting it, we were reading another thing no, 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 that no, said 75% are not. I'm sorry, not getting it. I'm sorry. You're right. Not getting it. That it was saying something that only the most recent, um, you know, 500 or whatever it may be are actually even getting the updates. So you could have been someone who was actively following us years ago, and now it's just it's just out of control. It's it's a bummer. It's a total bummer. Well, I loved Facebook. It's the death of Facebook. Um, it'll be gone. I think it'll be gone in two years. Just because I know my see. Here's the thing, though. Older people, the older demographic is on Facebook. They will stay till the end. The younger demographic is leaving in droves. They're getting out of Facebook. So. We just, I just I hate pay. I, we don't pay for publicity. We did, like you said, the pay per click like once or twice. But I'm proud that we don't pay for publicity. So the idea to start paying for something on Facebook drives me crazy. I won't do it. I understand, which is kind of ironic that we are asking people to pay for something on the internet that we're doing now. However, no, but they're learning something. That's true, and I don't know. So just be aware. Be aware that Facebook's trying some shenanigans, and you make the decision on your own. We are out, and um, that we. Are able to be found in other venues. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you have going on today? 
Um, cleaning up. We've got a little dinner tonight and lunch tomorrow, so... Yeah, we're having our neighbors over tonight, just a real simple dinner, but tomorrow we're hosting a little business meeting um, here, which there's a little bit of work to do because there's we've turned our kitchen into a living room kind from of. like flannel shirts and sweatshirts and a pair of pants and long stockings over chairs to the fire going and i don't know we've yeah we've definitely made the kitchen shut it off brought in a couch pulled out the big table and it is a uh, it's a cozy little room god you said it feels like camping in here <laughs> we said yeah it definitely does but it's nice so it definitely, though, does not look like a business meeting um, area. So we need to... Do we have to pull the couch out? No. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um, so we've got our... Are you ready for the song of the week? Yeah. All right. I know. It's starting to get going in the day. And so this song of the week is one of my favorite Italian songs. And it's called Lo Puntamento. And I think it was the, where I first saw it was in the movie... Um, Oceans 12, I think? One of the Oceans. It's, it's not a new song. No, it's not a new song. Um, it was just at the end of the film, and I thought, oh, the song is so pretty, and I, th- I thought it sounded romantic or whatnot. Oh, I didn't know the words. It's very sad. <laughs> she's been waiting for him to come, and she's made a mistake again, thinking he would show up, and one last appointment, one last appointment, and if he doesn't show, she'll forget him forever. But uh, it's a beautiful song. Jake, can you read the name of the... Yeah, the, the appointment is Ornella Vanoni. Ornella Varnoni? V- Vanoni. V-A-N-O-N-I. Well, enjoy the song. It's beautiful. And um, I guess we'll wrap it up. So bring, well, bring us home. All right. So you can find us at Latavla Marche, um, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And you can find us on, <laughs> only for a short time longer, on Facebook, <laughs> on Twitter, YouTube, Vimeo, Tumblr, on Instagram, I'm under Ashley Bartner, one word, and um, we also started a Tumblr page called on, uh, Live from Italy Online and that is a um, dedicated site for the online cooking classes. And if you'd like to sign up for the online cooking class, just get a hold of us some way via email. Our email is best, is best. Info, info. Sorry, at Latavola. Info at latavlamarque.com. Thank you. I just tongue-tied myself. I know. We haven't had orange juice yet and just had a half cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, or, well, we'll get into that next podcast. All right. Very good. Have a wonderful rest of the week. We will uh, turn these things on uh, again next week sometime and spew our, uh, what we think is solid gold into them. Next week, we're going to have a little, uh, back to our shout-out segments. I've got a few shout-outs to come back to. I know you guys love it. Woo! All right, very good. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for downloading. Spread the word if you like what you hear and tell a friend about what's going on with these two crazy Americans, in young Americans in Italy oh. living their dreams. Did you hear? Oh, I found these two people. They're so, they're so entertaining. Oh, you'd love it. You'd love it. All right. All right. Ciao. Ho sbagliato tante volte ormai che lo so già Che oggi quasi certamente sto sbagliando su di te Ma una volta in più che cosa può cambiare nella vita mia Accettare questo strano appunto 
está pasando a canto Ma la nostalgia di rivedere te è forte più del pianto Questo sole accende sul mio volto un segno di speranza Sto aspettando quando a un tratto ti vedrò spuntare in lontananza Se tu non arrivi non esisto, non esisto, non esisto. È cambiato il tempo, sta piovendo, ma resto ad aspettare. Cosa il mondo può pensare, io non me ne voglio andare. Io mi guardo dentro e mi domando, ma non sento niente. Sono solo un resto di speranza perduta tra la gente. Amore già tardi, non resisto. Luci, macchine, vetrine, strade, tutto quanto si confonde nella mente La mia ombra si è stancata di seguirmi, il giorno muore lentamente Non mi resta che tornare a casa mia, alla mia triste vita Questa vita che volevo dare a te spicciolata tra le dita amore perdono ma non resisto adesso per sempre non esisto non esisto Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. 
Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.